Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. We believe God's story, as told through the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. We also believe our lives are a story that matters. When we begin to see the very real places where God's story and our stories intersect, we unlock wonder, worship, and a hope that communicates truly good news. Every day, we desire to turn our focus, our faces, our eyes, our hearts toward the God that our souls love. We choose to seek first the kingdom of heaven and believe the promise that our physical and emotional needs will be met by God. Our God is Father, Provider, Deliverer, Friend, Advocate, Anchor, Redeemer, Leader, and Guide. He graciously walks beside us every step of every day. He is our true north, our bright morning star, a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. Hi, Daily Directional friends. I'm so glad that you've joined us again today. We are going to jump into James chapter three. And this section in particular is going to be verses one through 12. And it is labeled in my Bible, Taming the Tongue. Today, I'm going to be reading it in the New Revised Standard Version. And I'm going to go ahead and read the whole big section. And just warning you ahead of time, we're going to do this for several days in a row and then talk about much smaller chunks. But I just think that the reading and the repetition of scripture is so important for all of us, for our learning, for our synthesis, for our memory. So this is James chapter three, verses one through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will face stricter judgment. For all of us make many mistakes. Anyone who makes no mistakes in speaking is mature, able to keep the whole body in check with a bridle. If we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we guide their whole bodies. Or look at ships. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is placed among our members as a world of iniquity. It stains the whole body, sets on fire the cycle of life, and is itself set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by the human species. But no one can tame the tongue a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes a blessing and a curse. My brothers and sisters, this ought not to be so. 
Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and brackish water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, yield olives or a grapevine figs? No more can salt water yield fresh. Okay, today's message is simple, but it's coming in two parts. I'm going to focus on just the first two verses in this section. They go like this. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, for you know that we who teach will face stricter judgment. For all of us make many mistakes. This first part is fairly intellectual. And then I'm going to tag on to a second little portion that is simply a story from my life. So I've mentioned it several times before, but James was considered the wisdom book of the New Testament. And that means it shares some really important similarities with a few of the wisdom books that are found in the Old Testament, simply by nature of their genre. And the most well-known of these wisdom books are Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Well, it happens that both Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are traditionally considered to be written by one author and that is King Solomon. And Solomon was known for his commitment to wisdom. Solomon asked God when he was first crowned king, if he could have wisdom. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for money. And that really impressed God. And so God went ahead and granted his request for wisdom and then said, because that's what you asked for, I'm going to also grant you this power and the richness as well. So within the pieces, within the books that Solomon wrote, he taught the people of God to consider carefully what it meant to be wise versus being foolish and how to live in right relationship with each other and what the best use of our time as humans is. And in Ecclesiastes, the narrator of that book is known specifically as the teacher. And this teacher who we assume is Solomon, is wise. And he's also struggling with the concept of worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. Now, that means that this teacher, Solomon, is the main character that generations after generations of Israelites would have looked to for guidance. He was the one whom they were aspiring to be like. Now, I don't believe this is the only important way to think about James and his mention of teachers here at the beginning of James chapter three, but I do think it would have naturally connected for James's audience. He was writing to Jewish Christians. These were ones who had grown up knowing the Torah and were familiar with Solomon and all of his grandeur and all of his wisdom. He was an important figure in their childhoods, in their upbringing. He was integral to their biblical knowledge and their historical identity, even as a nation. So I think when James mentions to his brothers and sisters within the church that not everyone should aspire to be teachers, Solomon would have come to mind. And in fact, I think there might have even been a little like, uh, what? Wait, wait up moment in their minds. What, what do you mean we shouldn't all strive to be teachers? Isn't it a given that we're supposed to be as much like Solomon or another one of our virtuous leaders as possible? Now, what James is saying is there's a problem in that what we teach matters and what we say matters, what we model as truth with the day in and day out pieces of our living matters tremendously. 
And James is bringing the church out of their previous understanding of wisdom and even away a little bit from the teacher to whom they're looking and into a new understanding. Now, this is important because we're in the New Testament. This is important because Jesus has come. Jesus lived and breathed and died and he was resurrected and then and then ascended into heaven. And Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection ushered in the new covenant, a new way of thinking and of acting, of living and believing. And in this new way, Jesus came and he fulfilled the law. And now we don't follow it to the letter, but we actually follow it in its spirit. So our new teacher is Jesus himself. And it's Jesus come to us as the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher and our advocate, our comforter, protector, and our guide. And one of the things that I'd like us to keep in mind as we continue to dig into James chapter three is that every single one of us has access to this teacher personally. We don't have to be the teacher because we have a teacher to look to. Now, the second part of today is the second verse, just the beginning of the second verse that says, all of us make many mistakes. Now, this may seem like a strange portion of a verse to camp out on for a minute, but it's a precious one to me. James is saying teachers are responsible for what they teach what they say, and how they say it. And the problem is, we all mess it up. So don't take the job of teaching lightly. Take your responsibility seriously. But I want to take us on a little jaunt outside of the literal meaning of this verse for a moment. Because when I was studying, when I opened my Bible to this passage, I found a note in the margin. The beginning of verse two was underlined. And in my Bible, because it's an English standard version, it was the part that says we all stumble in many ways. So that portion of the verse was underlined. And then right next to it, it said, for all of us make mistakes in RSV, which is why I'm reading that version of this today. And underneath my little note in quotes that says, for all of us make many mistakes in RSV, it says this is the voice of my father with the date. And when I opened it up, I stared at that note for a few minutes, remembering. And so much of the memory came absolutely flooding back to me. And I really feel pressed and impressed to share it with you. But I do have to admit that it takes some bravery. And I I just pray that this story is used as an example of God utilizing his word to speak directly to someone's heart, to my heart, to my mind and to my situation. And I pray that it will bless you and help make his word more accessible to you too. So three years ago, I said something, something I needed to say as a boundary for myself and my family. But I said it in a way that ended up massively misinterpreted and misunderstood by the hearer. And the situation was crushing and devastating. It felt like everyone in my life ended up mad at me. I absolutely regretted my words because of the trouble that they had caused in several veins of my life. But I especially struggled with the fact that I had really needed to say them. 
Now, unfortunately, like James says later in this passage, how great a forest fire is set ablaze by such a small spark. As I watched and I felt my home, my spiritual and my professional lives burn, I felt the edge of despair. I sat in the dark of my bedroom and I cried and I cried and I cried asking Jesus what in the world I should do. I could apologize again, but I really wasn't sure it would make any difference. And I wasn't sure that my heart could handle the shattering, smashing, and crushing part of humbly apologizing for my piece of the wrongdoing. Knowing the part that made me speak in the first place still remained unacknowledged and unfixed. But I asked for wisdom and an understanding of the way through. I prayed for a release from the deep shame that permeated my heart and my mind. I knew that that part wasn't from God. And although I didn't know how to escape it, I knew that God wanted me free from it. I felt so terrible that I'd opened my mouth at all. And I wondered over and over how I could have said everything differently. The swirling and the circling in my head just, it didn't help. So eventually, I opened my Bible and I began to read. Miraculously, right here. In James chapter 3, this passage on tongues and speech and how terribly they can get us into trouble. Something about the passage felt right, and at the same time, so much of it didn't make sense to my tired and emotional brain. So I pulled it up on my phone and I began reading it in different versions. And it didn't take long before I hit the words, for all of us make many mistakes. Now I remember gasping out loud, all of us. Every single human being, we all make mistakes. I can't exactly put into words the feeling that was associated with reading this phrase, but it came alive. It's what I know to be a rhema word, a moment when the scripture wakes up and speaks directly into my heart and mind with a freshness and certainty of now, here, and this. It felt like funny words to find alive and helpful, but they whispered to my heart in the timbre of my father's voice, the father of lights who has no variation in him or shadow due to change, the father who hands us every good and every perfect gift, my father who desired in that moment to scoop me up like the child that I am to him and to set me securely in his lap, to hold me and rock me and murmur into my hair that everything was going to be all right. The moment still brings me to tears, just thinking about it. I knew that the situation I faced might not change, but I also knew that somewhere down the line, I would be okay. I knew that I'd messed up and everyone blamed me and I blamed myself and I had so many questions and I wished I'd kept my mouth shut. And God knew it all. He saw it. And he understood. All the way. In all the ways. So he held me. And he held my husband. And he held my son. And he held the others who were affected by the situation. And God said to my heart, I love you. You will make many mistakes. Everyone does. But I forgive you. And I'm with you. And you will never be alone. 
Now it's in these moments where I know that I know that I know that God's word is truth. It is living and it is active and it is useful in every way, every day. It is through encounters like this one that I've learned what God's voice sounds like and what it feels like to experience it so that I can hear him in many different ways and places. It matters to me on an intellectual level. I love to study and to learn and to grow in understanding and knowledge. That's so important. But it matters so much more to me at a heart level. It matters that God chooses to meet us here in his word, through his word. It wasn't the words exactly that brought me such comfort. Truly, it was the presence. It was the feeling that accompanied the words, the knowledge that despite my mistake, I was held. So much of the chastisement that I'd felt was from my inner sense of needing to be perfect and failing miserably. I was 100% aware of not being the person who's able to keep from stumbling, not being able to be perfect, not being appropriately bridled, like James says, allowing my small member, my tongue to stain things and set my life on fire. And to make things worse, I am a teacher and I knew it. I am in leadership. I was in leadership. I was sitting with the razor sharp edge of knowing that I would be judged and strictly, I would be judged and I would be found wanting. But Father God, he held me and he simply reminded me, without him, I have no chance. But with him, I will always be okay. With him, I could withstand the storm and put out the fire and move on. With him... I will learn to rein in my tongue and use more care and learn to be more aware of the reactions and assumptions of others. I will learn to guide a big ship slowly and with caution. With him, I will learn to be whole and complete, lacking in nothing. I heard him say I was forgiven. So I was able to forgive myself, which I needed desperately as I faced the reality that forgiveness was not as forthcoming from other parties involved. It did come, but slowly and with time. And I was able to be patient as it came because I'd heard my daddy's voice. So I pray for all of you. As you continue to face Jesus, as you continue to dig into his word, may it come alive for you. May it jump off the page and into your heart. Active and moving in your life on purpose in incredible and important ways today. Amen.